0: Good Thursday afternoon to you, family. This is Chris. You're listening to Encouraging Your Spirit, the podcast. I hope this message finds you doing well. Join us today as we're starting a new series talking about grace. I hope you'll tune in for this fantastic discussion after our song. See God, we thank you. We thank you for another amazing, wonderful day. Fill us up, Holy Ghost, as the song says, so the whole world knows your love, knows your grace, knows your compassion, knows your kindness, knows your mercy, knows you're the God that Loves because you love us, that you're constant, that you're faithful, that you're good, that you delight in us, that you know our very name, that you're cared and concerned about everything that we care about. That you, your love is infinite, that we can't get over or under it, that there's no circumstance or experience that we can face, that you're not already present with us. That your love is stronger than the power of the grave, that your love is stronger than the fears and insecurities that we face, that you're the God that, that created us you know us you know everything about us and you love us and you are with us and that you are for us your love is like a a ring of solid brass like a covenant of old that you will never break you are a great and wonderful God. You're the great I am. And we just thank you for your love. Help us to remember that love. Help us to carry that love and show it to others. Teach us, Abba, how to love ourselves as as, as you love us. Help us to continue to grow in the nature and knowledge of who you are. We just want to take this time to hold space and just... Be reverent in all that you're doing in us and through us. Enlighten our hearts. Open our spiritual eyes so that we can see what you're doing. Give us the understanding that that you uh, would like us to have as we continue to grow. We cast every care, every issue that we're facing before you, O God. We cast it knowing that you answer, that you hear us, that you love us that we always have your love, that you're faithful, that you're wonderful. Help us, help us today. We lift in, uh, We lift our hearts before you. We surrender our lives, our dreams, our purpose, our plans before you. Knowing that you're the God that sees, you're the God that hears, you're the God that saves, you're the God that delivers, you're the God that sustains, you're the God that protects, you're the God that is an answer before there ever is a problem and that we are yours, made in the image and the likeness of who you are. And we just ask that you help us to continue to move forward in the direction that you would have us to move. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How y'all doing today? Hope y'all are having a fantastic day. We were listening to a song. I heard that the other night. It's called Holy Ghost by Maverick City Music. I just love a lot of their songs. and I was listening to it last night and I figured I would play uh, some of it for you. Today, we are doing a new book series. We're looking at Grace, An Invitation to a Way of Life. It's by John Ortberg. But I figured it was important and neat to talk about this because if you listen to the podcast last week, I was talking to you about uh 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient. And we talked about sufficient and weakness, but we didn't talk about grace. And I figured I was praying about how can we talk about grace? Because I didn't think that it needed to just be a one and done type thing. Uh, We should, you know, do a continual study. And I was looking for a book and I found this one. And so we're just going to study grace Uh, This way starting this way it has some different lessons in it and we're gonna go on in jesus name Uh, You can also find this podcast on spotify on apple Podcasts, on buzzsprout on our bible app We also have a youtube page and a facebook page because you can see video content To actually see me do these lessons uh, On the youtube page though. I confess i've not done the grace one there yet, but I will Uh, That'll probably be up uh, on the YouTube page at the end of the week. Let's start, uh, will we, in the book, uh, It's Living in Grace. We're looking at Psalm 23, 1 through 3a. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He restores my soul. We know that scripture because that's Psalms 23, the first 1 through 3a. John uh, Ortberg writes, living in grace requires new eyes. We must learn to see God's everyday grace at work all around us. And when we think about this, you know, Jesus was the master of this. For him, it was simply apparent that we live in a God bathed world. Or, Ortberg writes that we are surrounded by evidence of God's gracious shepherding. How? Think about the scripture, Matthew 6:26. It says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you, point to yourself, not much more valuable than they? And then Orberg continues. I'm just going to read this, um, this, this section so we can bear with me. It says, some time ago, Orberg is writing that he and his wife were watching two geese and their goslings eat. One adult and nine little goslings were devouring the grass while the other adult stood watch. Look at that mother goose watch over her family, Nancy said. How do you know it's the mother? Orberg asked. Maybe it's the father goose. Uh uh Orberg's wife said, No, it's always the mother who sacrificed herself for the family. It's the same in every species. Just then the two adults traded off. The eaters started watching and the watchers started eating. I was so grateful. Jesus said that anytime you see a bird nibble some seeds, you are watching the grace of God at work. It is such an ordinary event that most of the time we fail to even notice it. But it is not a random accident that food is available. It is the good shepherd at work. Every time you wake up, think a thought, enjoy a meal, Those are not random occurrences. They are gracious gifts from the hand of the good shepherd. How many ordinary examples of God's grace do we experience every day and fail to even notice? In the rush of our days, in preoccupation of our agendas, how many provisions of the shepherd do we raise past altogether? Um... I think that's important to think about. I can just stop right there real quick. Um, I know that Orberg writes about his wife saying that it's always the mother that sacrifices herself for the family. It's the same in every species. I'm not saying that he's wrong. I'm just saying that, you know, in, in my experiences, that's true. But it's also true that there are caregivers, fathers, they, thems however you identify that sacrifice for themselves. That's not just always the mother, though I know that it is often the mother's role that is talked about the most, yet I just wanted to, to point out that, that while that's true and in, in, in the author is completely okay to write that because it's his book, but I just was thinking when I read that, wait, that's, that's not always the case. There, you know, in families, when we look at what family structures are, family structures are not just mothers and fathers or the fact that mothers and fathers can be a wide-ranging array of identities and experiences uh, and expressions. Just wanted to throw that out. Also, where were we at? We were talking about the ordinary uh, examples of provision. We've talked about that before in our our podcast on provision. I think that is so true because oftentimes, how is Abba providing? What's the provision that we have in our life? And we often, I think, us you me all of us often overlook or maybe we don't think about it you know I'm not saying that we purposely take things for for granted but yet I can say that sometimes it it can situations experiences can be so normal so much so much so of what we're used to that we might forget to really take heart to really be like wait this is an example of grace so I really like that depiction of you know how how we go through our days, and sometimes we may or may not notice it. You know, uh, Orberg later writes that if we want to live in grace, we must develop eyes that see. We must learn what might be called the discipline of noticing. Noticing means paying attention. It's a powerful thing. Children want us to pay attention. Spouses want us to pay attention. You know, it's important that you're present. It's important that you see what's going on around you. If you've ever been caught up in watching a basketball game or a TV uh, show or or reading a great book, have you ever noticed that you'll look up later and you didn't know how much time had passed by? You know, you know what it is to pay deep attention to something because think about the things that you paid deep attention to in your life. You became absorbed in it. The practice of noticing it is a skill. It involves learning to pay attention to the gifts that we otherwise take for granted. You can take for granted. Stop for a moment and try it. The breath that you just took in. The way your eyes are reading the words or thinking about your situation. The work of your mind to understand and learn. Notice all of them. The point Orberg is trying to make is they are not uh, accidents. Nor are they entitlements, they are gifts. And what's even more amazing is that the giver, shepherd, Abba, is lovingly present with you even as you are experiencing them. Think about it this way. The sight of a garden blooming in a riot of color, a cold glass of water on a hot afternoon or lemonade, an encouraging word from a friend, from a co-worker, from mama, from, from dad, from whomever, from Bay. A warm blanket on a chilly night, the taste of your favorite food, a long uh, conversation with a good friend. All ordinary, but all grace nonetheless. Train yourself to notice, to pay attention, to become absorbed in the grace of Abba. Just as we uh, must learn to see Jesus' ordinary gifts of grace, We must learn to seize the ordinary moments of grace. And these moments are ones in which the shepherd would like uh, us to replenish and refuel. Think about it. A lunchtime walk. A moment of solitude in the car or on the train. The stillness in the house when maybe you're the only one there. or, Or if you're a parent and your children are napping or they're focusing on something else. Sitting with a glass of iced tea in the backyard. Each of these can be transformed into personal and private times of green pastures and still waters. I think that is so important because it made me think about when I was reading this, you know, examples of how um, it's winter here in Illinois, but in the the summer and spring, there used to be this area I used to like to go walking. uh, And they had this one little open area where they had a bench. And um, it had a whole bunch of grass. You could tell that at one point it might have been a small track but they closed it in because surrounding it were houses and neighborhoods so for the most part people used it as you know dog parks or just to sit and chill you know whatever they, they use it for. But my point in bringing that up is it often became a place for me to go and sit. And uh, just sit in the stillness to experience the green pastures and the still waters. Take those spaces and time. When I lived in Florida, uh, there was, I used to love how uh, after work um, or on lunch breaks, you could go to the beach and I would sit with my lawn chair and stare at the water and notice, you know, just that stillness to notice, you know, the way the water flowed, how it's infinite. It never stops flowing. It, it, it is continuous and not just there. I think in everyday life as we live our lives, you know, now working from home, there are moments that you get to steal away and, and have, you know, green pastures and uh, still waters. Those are experiences. Or if you're not taking it, try to figure out how you can take that moment just to breathe in and breathe out. Because if you have eyes to see, and the willpower power to slow down, we can notice that our shepherd has provided everything necessary to transform our rushed soul into a restored one. We get to choose. We get to choose. You know, that to me, my honest opinion is that's one of the things that um, has happened for me in uh, this pandemic of slowing down. It's forced me to sit and think about the things that I'm thinking about, to notice all my thoughts, to be more aware of my emotions, to be more aware of where I am in life. The good, the bad, the uncertainty, but the truth is it's all good because every experience uh, is, is, is useful. Yet I'm just talking about the ability to slow down. That's something that oftentimes, you know, we don't always want. It to slow down. We like the constantness of busy, and I get that business has an important, importance. But what I am encouraging you today is to embrace the stillness, embrace the ability to breathe in, breathe out, to be present in the moment, to transform, and have uh, personal and private time for yourself. It can be five minutes. It doesn't necessarily have to start out an hour. Just start out in small incremental things of the incremental moments of the day and see, won't it help uh, help the, help you out? Help help your well-being is what I'm trying to say. In closing, we were talking about the scripture, I shall not want. And what Orberg is writing is when our spiritual eyes begin to work, we begin to uh, become... Begin and become aware of his grace all through our days. Our lives can become filled with genuine gratitude instead of ceaseless discontentment. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. I lack nothing, the psalmist said. Orberg then writes about a 20th century shepherd. that writes about his experiences on his sheep ranch. He describes one sheep who had a fatal flaw of discontentment. The sheep that he uh, Keller described was the most attractive sheep that ever belonged to him. The sheep's body was uh, beautiful, uh, beautifully constituted, excellent coat of wool, yet, yet the um, sheep had one announced fault. That sheep was restless, discontented, and a fence crawler no matter what field or pasture the sheep were in this particular sheep that uh, Keller is writing about would search all along the fences looking for a loophole that uh, they could crawl through and start to feed on the other side and it was not that the sheep lacked pasturage because the sheep uh, the shepherd said that describes his own fields as being a joy and delight yet you know, Orberg writes that perhaps this sheep thought that, you know, the reason the sheep was always trying to be a fence crawler was because for some uh, reason it was an ingrained habit that they were never content with things as they were. Often they were, uh, they, this particular sheep forced their way through some such a spot in the fence and, and that uh, sheep would end up feeding on bare brown burned up from of an inferior sort despite all of the best care, still wanting something else. And somehow the author writes, or writes, that this particular sheep that he's describing was not like the one who said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And ultimately what they're trying to say is, I shall not want doesn't mean that we have no significant requests or needs. It certainly does not mean we should be passive in the face of injustice or poverty not wanting means being settled settled that the shepherd knows our real needs I think about Paul I, somehow when I'm reading this I'm thinking about Paul who says I've learned to be content when, when it, to, to compare that to uh, this particular scripture uh, I guess you can call that New Testament versus uh, Old Testament or Paul a biblical character versus the experience of a sheep I don't know but my point is I think about the fact that When we think about Abba and the idea of being settled, the author writes that settled in the fact that the shepherd knows our real needs, settled that Abba's uh, pastures are more lush than the burned up ones that we habitually pursue, settled that Abba can be trusted to provide the best gifts in his grace. Abba does all the time. And I just think about that. You know, sometimes we can look at our experiences and we can always, you know, want more. And I don't think anything is necessarily wrong with wanting more. Yet I do think sometimes we trash our present or we're just never, never happy. We we don't find, we struggle with finding contentment in where we are. Struggling being present in the place that we are right now and how that place is useful. It doesn't mean that we'll be here forever, but we are here in this moment. So why not enjoy it? Why not find contentment in the place and space that we are right now? That's what I get from that. Write in encouraging your spirit podcast at gmail.com and let, let me know what you get. Uh, but read these words uh, each day this week. We're reading uh, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not, I shall not uh, be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He restores my soul. So read these words because we're reading this book. We're doing grace. And this is um, one of the first lessons. Um, and I, and it's, the author is, Orberg, is challenging us to paraphrase them or commit them to memory. And the challenge is to live with those words today. Specifically, experiment with the following. Today I will notice. I will try to have eyes that see God's gracious daily provisions, even in the ordinary, a warm bed, a closet full of clothes, a comfortable pair of shoes, a hot shower, the ability to see, hear, walk, think, and feel. I will look for examples of God's grace all around me and the scenes of natural beauty in the face of a friend and the wholesome pleasures that bring me joy. Today in my church body, Gathered in worship, that could be virtually or in your community and circle of influence, the people that matter to you, uh, that, that feed and nourish your spirit, heart and mind. Today, I will give God the opportunity to restore my soul. I will be open to the ways large or small that I wants to lead me to green pastures or quiet waters. And I will consciously try to be with my shepherd there as you go through the week throughout this whole study consider keeping a journal of your experience with this exercise reflective questions how were you stretched to do life differently did you find yourself becoming more aware of god's ordinary acts of grace in your life how are you nurtured and restored what effects did you notice on your level of contentment what aspects came easily and what was frustrating i hope you're right into the podcast because we're reading this book Encouraging your spirit podcast at gmail.com. Grace, an invitation to life with John, written by John Ortberg. That's all I have for you today. Like I said, I figured that it was good to talk about grace since we started last week and talking about my grace is sufficient. But what does that mean for our daily life? And, and I figured this was a way to really explore it. So we're starting our exploration of grace. I'm Pastor Chris. I love you. You'll never change it. You have a great rest of your week. I thank you for every single uh, listener that takes time out of their day. Far and wide, uh, stateside and internationally to hear this uh, podcast. I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly appreciate you and your heart. If there is anything I can do to pray with you and alongside you, please do not hesitate to contact uh, the podcast ministry at EncouragingYourSpiritPodcast at gmail.com. You be blessed. You have a great week.